Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. As some of you have surmised by now, neither one of us are Lisa Ball. <laughs> Lisa and her daughter Charlotte are thank giving thanks with family and friends out of town. And Patricia and I are giving thanks with our friends now by sharing the scripture with you. And this morning's scripture is Psalm 137, verses 1 through 6. If you wish, you may find this in your pew Bible on 565. It concerns the Israelites who are being held captive by the Babylonians, and the Israelites are longing for their homeland. But first, let us prepare our hearts with prayer. Quiet us, O God. Quiet everything in us so we can hear you, so we can hear the harmonies of hope and the notes of challenge. Quiet us so that we can follow the words. And if we cannot follow them, let them follow us. However it happens, let your word and our hearts meet. Quiet us, O Lord, so we have a chance to hear your clanging promise of a brand new day. Amen. <coughs> Now from Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. Oh, on the willows, there we hung up our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs. And our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Well, how could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Oh, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. Oh, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Well, last, last Sunday, I was with 18 other folk from our village family on a trip that many of you have taken. It was a trip to the Dominican Republic. For almost 30 years now, members of the village family have engaged in mission trip and mission work in this land. And I was excited to finally be able to see the work that so many of you have been doing through the years. Now, I will admit, I was less excited when Laura Garrison, our Director of International Mission, informed me that the group would be meeting at the airport at 4.15 in the morning. Not even God is awake at 4.15 in the morning. But we were there, and by 4.15 in the afternoon, we were in the Dominican Republic. Now, if you've ever taken a trip like this, you know that immediately you can tell that you're not at home anymore. First of all, our host talked to us of 
the winter climate. It was hot. It was hot. I said, I can tell you about winter. I, I'm from Kansas. I'm from the tundra. I can talk to you about, about winter. And, and then the other thing is, apparently everybody in the Dominican travels by motorcycle. These loud motorcycles, and they go all night long. If, if Santa brings you a white noise machine to sleep by at night, and it has a motorcycle setting, you might think you're in the Dominican Republic. Several times, I, I didn't really wake up because I wasn't asleep, but I thought, I think that motorcycle's in my bedroom. I thought that's what it, thought that what it was. And, and the other thing, and you already know this, but in the Dominican, they speak Spanish, and they speak it quickly. Now, I speak Spanish, but with limited vocabulary. By limited, I mean gracias, adios, taco. That's kind of it. So unless I'm in a situation where I need to say, thank you for the taco, I got to go, I'm less than fluent, all right? And, and making matters worse, the whole week I did not sing a, see a single person eating a taco, which reduced my vocabulary by a third. It was clear to me I was not at home. And that may be the most important spiritual lesson I had that week. And the truth is, getting back to the States didn't change that. We're not home, not the way things are. One of the ways to think about Advent is Advent reminds us what our home really is. Advent reminds us what we are like when we are really at home, what the world is like when we are really at home. And when we get a glimpse of that, we realize we're not there yet. That's the lament you hear in Psalm 137 was written in exile, and exile was that formative time in Judaism that occurred because the kingdom of Babylon overthrew Judah and overthrew Jerusalem and marched the leaders off into slavery, to captivity in Babylon. And it's there that this psalm is written. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept. We wept because, because we're not home anymore. They've been ripped from the old home place, and it broke their hearts. He said, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. If Let the tongue cling to the roof of my mouth so that I can sing no hymn of praise. If I forget you. They are homesick. I think I was in second grade when I went to my first summer camp. Oh, I was so excited. I read the brochure every day for like two weeks before we went to, went to camp. And one of the things I knew is at the canteen, at the canteen, you could run a tab. You could, you could go to the canteen and say, give me a Coke. Put it on my tab. I felt so grown up, you know. And at, at camp, there was canoeing and archery and swimming and and, and I, made a, I made a lanyard with those nylon straps at, at camp. I, 
What are those for? Lanyards? What? What? Does any Does anybody know what they're really for? I, I, I don't know. But I looked so forward to summer camp. But when I got there, I discovered something that was not in the brochure. I got homesick. Crying in your pillow at night, homesick. And nothing would help. It didn't matter that there was ice cream with dinner every night. I. I I didn't care that on Thursday we were going to make a wallet in arts and crafts. I didn't even sing the songs at the campfire, you know, if I had a hammer and do your ears hang low. Did, did you ever sing this song? Do your ears hang? This may be the worst song in the history of music. It, the only thing that mattered was being home. That's Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and we wept because we weren't home anymore. But here's, here's the thing. What we learned and what they learned is we don't get home by going back. Home is not something that is behind us that we have left. Home is ahead of us. The truth is, we've never been home, not the way it's supposed to be. And that's why we need this season of Advent, because it's a time that we set aside to remind ourselves what life is supposed to be like, what God intends for us, what it is to really be at home, and it's that that we don't want to forget. You see, in Advent, we're remembering, but we're kind of remembering forward. We're remembering a day that we have never seen, but a day on which we base our lives. And when we remember that clearly, it makes us homesick. We yearn for that day to come to life. I was reminded of that this week. We were visiting the Bate Las Cejas, most folks in the Bate, they make their living cutting sugar cane. It is back-breaking work on sharecropper wages. They make a couple of dollars, few dollars for every harvested ton of sugar cane. We're in the, we're in the Bates providing some basic, basic health support, eyeglasses for those who might need them, toothbrushes for the children, some blood pressure medication, just simple things like that. I was walking around the bate and I was surprised to see this shiny tour bus pull up to the bate and off the bus were a load of sunglassed camera wearing tourists from Europe it seemed they had come from the resort Casa de Campo maybe you have been there they came, they came to tour the Bate. I, I can't imagine what was written in a brochure that would get you on the bus to tour the Bate, but they snapped photos of the poverty. They tossed some candy to the children, being careful to keep their distance. They raised their eyebrows at the squalid conditions, and then they got back on their air-conditioned bus, and 
I wouldn't be surprised if they talked about how these people obviously lack the drive and discipline to advance themselves. But as I watched that in my rage at the disrespect of it all, I wondered if they saw that these children to whom they were tossing candy were angels. They were holy messengers that God was using to announce, we're not home yet. Get back on the bus. Air conditioning won't help. We're not home yet. I don't know if they saw them as angels, but I did because I know about Advent. There are a lot of voices in our world that tell us things are okay. Things are the way they're supposed to be. But in our faith, we hear a different word. We hear a word that says we're not there yet. We've got more to do. There's work before us. There's journey to take. And in this world that we live in now, the only faithful posture for us is to yearn for a home, to, to carry a holy homesickness for that day that God intends for all of God's children. Home is not something we're trying to get back to. It is ahead of us. We can only reach it through hope. And, and when we get worship right, when we get church right, we sometimes get a glimpse of what God intends. Sometimes we get a glimpse of that promised day and it trains our eyes to see what we're looking for. So our, our daughter Sarah is visiting. She came home for Thanksgiving and will be here Tuesday. And whenever that girl comes through the door, we just start laughing because she's one of the funniest people. She's one of the funniest people I know. She's made us laugh her whole life. And for some reason this week, I was remembering that season in her life when she discovered humor. She, she discovered what it was to to laugh and, and to tell jokes. And, and she, would, she and her brother would, would tell jokes every morning at breakfast while I was preparing breakfast and they were horrible jokes. They would tell knock-knock jokes, you know, those knock-knock jokes, who's there, you know. I had to participate in this bad humor. And her favorite jokes were the why because jokes, you know. Why do you put candles on top of a birthday cake? I don't know why. Because it's too hard to put them on the bottom. <laughs> just so funny, just fall all over themselves laughing. And, and, and before they really got the content of the jokes, they got the rhythm of the jokes. So they would make up jokes that made no sense. You know, why is it raining outside? I don't know why. Because cats don't have socks. <laughs> why do we go to school? Because it's Wednesday. <laughs> they just fall all over themselves, and it was hard to get through breakfast. It was. But I didn't realize what I was witnessing was a glimpse of a future day, a glimpse of a future day when laughter would come easily and joy would be abundant. 
Faith lives on glimpses. I don't know if we're going to get more than that in this life. I don't. But I know from my own experiences, we get glimpses. We get glimpses of God's promised day, our ultimate home. I got a glimpse on Tuesday. That tour bus pulled away in all of its comfort and in a cloud of dust and emerging from the dust was a woman who's old enough to be my mother. She walked from the bus down to the church where she was greeted with some folks from village. They greeted her not with cameras but with grace. And Linda invited her to, to sit down. And Linda began to talk to her about how to care for her feet. The bates, it's hard on the feet and a lot of folks don't have shoes and so just caring for simple abrasions and, and blisters can be really, really important. And, and so while they watched a little video about foot care, Linda lifted this woman's feet into her lap and she began to wash them. And she massaged them for three or four minutes. There was a whole row of folks from here, Lauren and Lindsay and Emma and Andrea and Linda. And for minutes, they massaged the weary feet of these beautiful people whom the world has tried to break and then forget. And I was overwhelmed by the kindness of it by the respect of it. And it was one of the clearest moments in my life when I knew Jesus was in the room. And Linda looked just like Jesus to me. I got a glimpse of home. I don't know if we get more than that. But we get glimpses, and it orients us to that for which we hope. It creates in us a holy homesickness, a yearning for that promised day. And sometimes that day seems so far away it makes you weep. But even with tear-filled eyes, pay attention, for God will give you a glimpse of home and that glimpse will it'll make you homesick. Another word for that homesickness is hope. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.